Next on BYU Sports Nation, who dat? Which side of the ball will have to win the game for BYU versus LSU? Brian Billick joins us for his weekly appearance. What did he think of BYU's season opener against Portland State, and what chance does he give the Cougars against the Tigers? Plus, Squally Canada on what he's thinking about more than the game versus the Tigers. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, your hosts, Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Thursday, August 31st. We are almost to September, people. I am Jerem Jordan, and today I'm joined by new-slash-old member of the crew, Jason Shepard. What is the old? Is that an age thing? No, it's old as in you were a hired gun for us, yes. if you will, a contract. Now you're a full-time employee here, so welcome Thank to you. the fam. Yes. As a matter of fact, yesterday, final, final thing, I was enrolled into the final, signed my last paper. It is all official. Love it. Hashtag so happy. benefits. Love it. Uh, <laughs> Spencer is gone because his father, Kent is today's BYU football true blue hero. Uh, Kent has cancer. This is a very special uh, moment for not only Spencer and Kent, but for us to have Kent and Spencer at practice. So if there's a good reason to be gone uh, for a show, it is to be at BYU football practice. And to be honored, uh, BYU football does an amazing thing every Thursday. They started this a long time ago with Bronco Mendenhall. They honor someone with a serious challenge. They give them swag. They show them around. They're part of the team. They actually let them sign the flag that they run out, which is pretty cool. So they are a part of the team, essentially. Yeah, I know how much this is going to mean to the Linton family, uh, and uh, we're, we're just really happy for them. Here are today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football practices again today in Provo in preparation for LSU. The Cougars fly to New Orleans tomorrow. Countdown to kickoff on Saturday is live at 8.30 Eastern on BYU TV. Yesterday, quarterback Tanner Mangum discussed with the media what the team expects against LSU. They're very athletic. Uh, you know, they're, they're secondary. They're, you know, those guys are, those guys are fast. You know, they're, they're good closing speed, um, good coverage skills. Um, you know, they're, they're linemen. They've got some good pass rushers. Um, you know, and they're, they're a very physical team, and uh, you know, but we feel like we're a physical team as well. BYU will need to bring it against LSU. That's coming up on ESPN Saturday night. That is going to be it's going to be a blast. I can't wait for that game. It's going to be exciting. And then, then we'll worry about after Utah. Oh, I wasn't going to say it. Oh, they're always on my I was mind. Say I was going to worry about after after <laughs> whatever. There's we're a game not at on hand. The team. We There's don't a have game. To one game at a time. A ga- we don't want to jinx anything. There's a game at hand. Cougars in the NFL. Final preseason action, by the way, for each NFL team takes place tonight before rosters are trimmed down to 53 spots. The Saints will host the Ravens tonight in the Superdome. Also, the Packers will host the Rams tonight at 7 Eastern on NFL Network. Taysom Hill expected to get some run. We'll chat with Super Bowl champion head coach Brian Billick about that and many other things coming up in uh, just a little while. That is a big game for Taysom Hill. Yes, it is. We expect Jamal Williams to play as well. Taysom Hill needs to have another good performance to ensure that he's the number three on this team. And I think you and, and Spencer have talked about this. I, we, we all think he's going to make the roster for Green Bay. I, I'm pretty I, sure, I, Yeah, he needs tonight. Yes, he does. But there are other teams that have also paid attention to what Taysom Hill has done. He will have a spot in the NFL. 
But I, I, we all agree. I, we, he's. I don't think he's going anywhere. I think the Packers know yeah. what they have there. Making the fifty-three man roster is indeed the goal. Yes. If not, the practice squad just to be there just in case. Number ten, BYU women's volleyball plays at Boise State in the Boise State Classic starting tonight, nine thirty Eastern time. BYU three zero on the season, first road trip of the year for the Cougars. And Jacob Hanneman goes two for four with a home run, three RBI, and a stolen base in a five to four loss to the Memphis Redbirds. Hanneman currently on a twelve game hitting streak. He's crushing it, and we hope to have a conversation that crushes it next. Rise and shout! It's time for what's trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's what's trending on BYU Sports Nation. Who's going to win that game? BYU's about to play 13th-ranked LSU in the Superdome, okay? I've called this the crown jewel of BYU's independent scheduling. It's an amazing opportunity. This is a big-time matchup and chance for the Cougars. One that has summoned a Marvel comic cover, a relocation, an ESPN primetime opportunity for BYU. BYU is in it to win it, but which side of the ball will win that? That's our Twitter question. Who needs to have a bigger game for BYU to beat LSU? The offense or the defense? We just left out special teams. But that's okay. That's fine. Yeah. That's fine. Hey. If Johnny it, Linehan undoubtedly will tweet at us. <laughs> <laughs> Our first tweet comes from at uh, CoxWebDev. I'm not too worried about the defense. It's the offense that needs to really step up and have their best game. Okay, interesting. Obviously, you need both sides to play well to win a game. Especially in this one where physically LSU is on another level, right? BYU has guys that can hang, but I mean like wire-to-wire, 60 minutes, every guy. Can BYU win this game through and one side of the ball has to carry them? Like last game, I would say that the you know, BYU defense won the game against Portland State. Only six points allowed. You know, the offense had enough. But in this situation, what do you think? Who has to have the bigger game, offense or defense? See, for me, you know it. I know it. All of BYU Sports Nation knows it. Darius Geis is the number one offensive option for LSU. Keeping him in check, which, let's be perfectly honest, is not going to be easy, is crucial to BYU's success. For me, it is the defense. This is a Heisman Trophy candidate. This is a guy that ran for 285 yards on the road at Texas A&M last year. This guy is a beast, and I understand he's been dealing with stuff and has been held out of some practices. That is not going to matter. Defense has to, in my opinion, be the force that comes out right out of the gate. And I, quite honestly, I think we all expect BYU's offense to be better. They've had a week to see some of the mistakes. The coaches, the players have all talked about it. We expect the offense, BYU's offense, to improve. But against a better defense in LMU, will that result in more points than what we saw last week? Because of that, the BYU defense really has to be solid and keep this game close. I agree with you that the defense has to be amazing. But I think that the offense has to win it. I think the phrase, defense wins championships, I don't don't totally agree with that. The offense has to win you the game. The defense has to keep you in the game to be able to win it. So I think the offense needs to win it for BYU. And here's, and here's a stat that is very interesting along those lines. It is our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. The last two seasons, LSU is 17-0 and when scoring 18 points in a game. Now this, this plays into your point, okay? When they score 18, that is not a lot. No, that is not a lot. They've won every stinking game the last two years. 
BYU is going to have to get into the high teens or 20s to win this game to me. I do not see a situation where BYU scores like 13 and wins this game. See, that's why LSU has brought in Matt Canada as the offensive coordinator. Yeah. This is the guy that is known for putting up points. And I heard Ed Orgeron, the head coach of the Tigers, speaking earlier this week. And he, the one thing he was he said about this offense is they're looking for... They're looking. <laughs> I'll just translate. <laughs> We're looking. We're looking. For more. For more. Consistency. Consistency from our offense. Nom, 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 nom. <laughs> Matt, so spot on. Matt Canada came from Pitt because LSU's offense... St- has stunk the last couple years. If th- last year it was 15 points, by the way. If they scored 15 points, they won. What? That's amazing. The defense for LSU is so good. Therefore, I think the offense needs to put up enough points to give BYU a chance to win this game. The defense could have an incredible game and hold, let's say, LSU to 18 points. Let's say 17 points. BYU could still lose that game. You know what I mean? The offense needs to go out and win it. Look, I mean, there's certainly reasons on both sides to go with, with either side. I don't see side. any on defense. No, I'm just playing. I'm playing. <laughs> it all starts. And I'm, I'm with you. We always hear that cliche phrase, defense wins. Look, I mean, I will, I will take a really great offense every day of the week. But in a case like this, your defense, when, when you have a number one target that you're focused in on, and let, you know, let's, not, let's not make it sound like the, the LSU quarterback – Etling is is nothing. He, he's not, but he but he's not a guy that no. I, he's I not think somebody that's going to no. BYU he's defense. not going to pick you apart. That that's not his game. But when you have a prime target that you you're focused in on in Darius guys, everybody goes into a game against LSU with that with that mindset. Yeah. And in in and last year in his what uh, six starts ten starts yeah t- excuse me ten starts. That was the mindset. They knew how good he was, and he still got his numbers. So that's why it is so imperative that the defense comes out and plays really well against him. Stopping him, probably not going to happen. Slowing him down, I think that's the goal. Your classic SEC quarterback is a guy that's a game manager. You hand the ball off to a capable running back with a good line, and then you have good defense and solid special teams. That's, that's SEC football, typically in the past. Meanwhile, there's BYU. 20 points last week against Portland State. Is it crazy to think that BYU will score more points against LSU? Logistically, I would say, yeah, that's a little crazy. But I think if BYU can minimize some of the mistakes and then take some shots downfield and make some shots downfield, now we're talking. In fact, Ty Detmer yesterday after practice had this to say about taking shots downfield. You know, we had some shots downfield that, you know, the read takes you there. It's kind of one of those things where it's third and two and you throw a short completion for a first down and you look up and there's a post route running wide open so uh, we had some opportunities down the field that we didn't take. BYU cannot be passive and dink and dump their way to a victory here. They've got to be aggressive on offense and go take it. Now the defense can set the offense up here. Remember in games against Utah Boys State last year the defense had an amazing day and creating takeaways and giving the offense the ball. That's what it took to stay in that game. Maybe that's what it takes for BYU to hang in this game and have a chance. Solid, good defense, get off the field on third down, get some takeaways, give BYU some field position, and now we're talking. If BYU scores 20 points on Saturday, do you think they win the game? I don't know. I, I, would feel, I feel really good about 20. Like, if you say you get 20 or you play it out and see what happens, I would take 20 immediately. How do you feel? Well, I, I, I think you're going to have to score more than 20. I do. 
You think LSU is going to? Get I think LSU is. Go- I think LSU is going to be able to score. Score, and that's that's not because of BYU's defense. I think BYU's defense is actually going to play quite well. I, I fully, I fully expect them to come out and play a really good game. But in terms of BYU scoring points, like I said, I I do expect the offense to make those adjustments. I you can see you we can look back on this game, look where BYU made all these improvements and say that offense was so much better this week than last week. But is that going to mean a win? Is that well is that going to mean scoring more points? Against this defense, I mean, is it going to mean more than twenty points? I just don't know because the the defense of LSU is so much better than Portland State's. Our stat of the day, yeah, explain that. So, so the last two years, again, if you just if you're just tuning in, the last two seasons, LSU is seventeen and stinking O when scoring eighteen in a game. That's unbelievable. But BYU is used to playing in tough, low scoring, close games. Yep. They had plenty of those last year. We'll see what they bring to the table, but answer our Twitter question today. Who needs to have a bigger game for BYU to beat LSU, the offense or the defense? Let's go to Twitter. Tweet, tweet. At Greg Rosenhan agrees with you. Defense. If the score is close going into the fourth quarter, then Mangum will do what he does best and try to win. Now that plays into my idea, which is actually offense. The defense could put BYU in a position to potentially win the game. I would take that scenario where BYU has a chance. And if you believe that cheaper by the dozen is a prophecy, then with two minutes left, BYU's going to be up 19-16, to 16, and some guy named Waddell is going to have 80 yards rushing. <laughs> we have yet to find out who Waddell is. But with your reasoning, if BYU's defense has to put BYU's offense in a position to win, doesn't that mean the defense has to play well? I mean, doesn't, they, isn't that yeah, the answer have, then? No, they have to play well. If, I'm if saying, they have to do their part before the offense can do it, doesn't step one have to happen before step two? Well, riddle, I rest my case, Your well, Honor. Riddle me this. There's no <laughs> judge in here. Riddle me this. In the Oklahoma game in 09, would you say the offense won it or the defense? The defense kept them close. The offense won. The defense knocked out Sam Bradford. Yeah, Colby Clawson <laughs> knocked out Sam. Yes. So offense or defense for Oklahoma 09? Well, you look at a game. You can look at a game-winning touchdown. I mean, that's my point exactly. The defense <laughs> but, but, actually won that game because they. Your Honor, o- I object. <laughs> they held Oklahoma <laughs> to 13 points, but then BYU got the ball, came down, scored, and won 14-13. That's the scenario in which I'm hoping this plays out for BYU, where the defense does its job, the offense has a drive where they can win the game late. You are That's what I want. You are in contempt. Get out of here. I'm in contempt. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> At B Royal Blue Cook. Offense. Our defense almost always does its part and is consistent, but if we don't score points, even a field goal can do us in. At Kip Kent, our D matches up reasonably with their O. Our offense needs a huge game to pull out the victory, and by huge, I mean three-plus touchdowns. Oh, I'm hoping BYU gets two touchdowns and a couple of field goals. That's what I'm but here's the thing. BYU's offense is not going into this thinking they're only going to score two touchdowns. Right. They are going let's, in with confidence. But let's in this talk game. realistic expectations given what happens with LSU's defense. No team allowed fewer touchdowns to opposing offenses than LSU last year. I know they've lost guys, but they're traditionally really good. What BYU should hope for is that the, the LSU offense stinks. That they can't get it together. That the defense makes a bunch of plays and gives the offense the ball, and then they have opportunities. 
uh, at Texas Colonel. And by the way, how in the world have we? How does Colonel? How is that Colonel? That is always yeah. yeah I don't know. I don't, I don't know. understand that. Yeah. It's one of those mysteries of life that I just don't get. <laughs> but at Texas Colonel uh, goes back to the example that you use versus Oklahoma. He says like for like versus Oklahoma. It's got to be the D though. Hold them to under twenty. They'll tighten up late in the game, and we have a chance. Yeah, there's no right answer, but there is a right answer, and it's the offense. Yeah, <laughs> no, I, it's I, not. Obviously, both sides of the ball need to play well. In fact, special teams has got to bring it too. Like when you have a field goal attempt, you need to make that field goal. Field position. Greg Rubel talked about it. Field position is always a huge thing. Can BYU avoid having third and nine as the average down and distance? On offense, that was ridiculous yep. against an FCS team. It really was. Penalties were a big deal there. And BYU, if they can, uh, you know, avoid there, there's not timely penalties except for when you score a touchdown, like a penalty after that, whatever. Untimely penalties or just penalties. That would be nice. Just no penalties, timely or untimely. They're just always none. you're always gonna just have none. penalties, just, just fewer than more. Coming up, we go two on one with Scully Canada. What's he thinking about more than the LSU game? But first, Brian Billick joins the program from New Orleans. His thoughts on the Cougars and Ravens in action in the Superdome. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We are simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation is happening right now on Twitter. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Countdown to kickoff. Getting underway Saturday night, 8.30 p.m. Eastern time before BYU faces LSU. You will also hear from Dave McCann and Blaine Fowler, who will, by the way, be live at the Superdome. Plus a story from Kathy Aiken on Matt Bushman, who lived in Louisiana around the time of Hurricane Katrina. His family was displaced. Now he's the starting tight end for BYU. BYU. Our Twitter question today, who needs to have a bigger game for BYU to beat LSU, the offense, or the defense? Use the hashtag BYUSN at rgreenhaw. Offense. Confident the defense can limit their O, not confidence our offense can beat their defense. Continue to use the hashtag BYUSN and weigh in. Speaking of the Superdome, a man who will be there tonight covering the Ravens, Against the Saints, he is a weekly guest, a Super Bowl champion, winning coach, and former BYU Cougar tight end. His name is Brian Billick. He's on the Deseret First Credit Union hotline. Brian, how is the weather in New Orleans today? Yeah, I'll do my best weatherman bit here. I don't have any charts for anything. It's gorgeous. It's absolutely gorgeous. We flew in yesterday. It was interesting when we were getting on the plane. The reports we were reading uh, uh, throughout, the, the number of reporters were reporting that the game was going to be canceled, which was interesting getting on a plane, taking off to go to New Orleans. Uh, which turned out to be false. The weather here is great. It uh, should be in great shape. So obviously it uh, should be in great shape for Saturday as well. Well, as you mentioned, you know, BYU-LSU, that game's been relocated to New Orleans. And it's an interesting dynamic. What kind of an impact do you think that has on players and coaches? Well, I, I, in, from the standpoint of BYU, probably not. You, you're you're, you're going to get on a plane, you're going to go someplace. Now, whether it was Houston or now New Orleans – uh, both indoor stadiums, so obviously the weather is not going to be a factor either way. Obviously, what's going on in Houston, ill-advised to play the game there. So, from Coach Sataki's standpoint, I don't imagine you're changing anything. You're just—it's just the location. Now, your support people got to scramble around a little bit, uh, and that tests you as an organization. Uh, and also for LSU, obviously not traveling to Houston, they're just going to jump on the interstate and head down to New Orleans from Baton Rouge. So uh, all things considered, I think this the fact the change of venue is going to be a minimal effect on either team. 
We'll talk Ravens and Saints coming up, the game you're in town for. But first, let's talk about BYU and LSU. This is a big-time matchup for BYU on ESPN. 16-point underdog, Louisiana State obviously ranked. What do you think of the matchup between these two teams, Coach? Well, I think it's better than that 16 points. I'm not sure there's going to be 16 points scored. I, I don't know. I don't <laughs> quite understand that that differential because you're talking about two really good defensive football teams. And and for, for BYU, I think their defense is going to hold up pretty good. I mean, they're a physical, talented group, make no mistake, and LSU is pretty darn good. But offensively, uh, they're not as diverse or dynamic as some of the other offenses they might face. I think the defense will hold up pretty good. Now, the other side of the ball, the BYU offense is going to get challenged. What, uh, what they can draw on their strength, obviously they ran the ball very well against Portland State. They didn't turn the ball over, and that's going to be key. You can't put the LSU offense on a short field. Now, what's got to get better based on the Portland State game? Uh, penalties. You can't have the penalties. They had some big plays. I know people are a little concerned about the score differential. It would have been much more substantial except for a couple penalties. And third down. They've got to be a lot better on third down. Uh, they can't put their defense on the field as long as they might with LSU if they're not converting on third down. Coach, let's have you uh, play psychologist here. As, as Jeremy mentioned, the weatherman and psychologist. Weatherman and psychologist. Oh, wow. We are adding so many titles to wow. your to your name here. So, as Jeremy mentioned, sixteen point underdog, and I guess a lot of this just is determined on whether or not you want to, you know, admit to it or or lend credence to the fact that somebody is considering you an underdog. But what is the mentality of a team when you walk into a game like this as a big underdog? Yeah, it's us against the world. You go in with a chip on your shoulder. I remember when I was at Utah State as the offensive coordinator. We opened the season against Nebraska, in Nebraska. And so that was interesting, spending an entire offseason, entire summer, knowing that that game was looming. And it was interesting. We got there. We actually scored on our own drive. So we're feeling all, well, all we did was tick them off. And then they just kicked the heck out of us <laughs> after that. We'd probably been better if we hadn't scored because I think we, we, we upset them. Uh, but, yeah, you can, you, can, you can draw on that as a us against the world, the chip on the shoulder. Nobody but the people in this locker room think we can do this. Obviously, being in New Orleans from Baton Rouge, it's, it's going to be full of Tiger fans, although I'm sure the BYU faithful are going to show up as well. Um, so, you, you, yeah, you, you thrive on that and you, you stay focused on it. You're certainly not intimidated by it, but you're respectful of the fact that this is a darn good football team. LSU has a new offensive coordinator in Matt Canada. He came from Pitt, so there's a little variation there. LSU's always had a good defense. Where they've struggled is getting enough points in some big games. In fact, if they scored 15 points last year, they were 8-0. and So which side of the ball, and this is our Twitter question today, Coach, who needs to have a bigger game for BYU to beat LSU, the BYU offense or defense? What do you think? Well, I think the offense has to have a bigger game, and it doesn't mean they have to go out and put up 35 points. You're not going to do that against LSU. You assume the defense is going to play well. LSU becomes somewhat one-dimensional. They just want to physically overpower you. Uh, they're capable if you're stacking the box to get those big plays down the field. But they, uh, for the last few years, really haven't been good enough at the quarterback position to kind of pick you apart. Uh, it's simply run, run, play action, fake, and throw the ball down the field. So I think BYU's defense will hold up. Like I said, offensively, it's a tough it's a tough balancing act because it's, look, we need productivity. We need to get the ball down the field. But by the way, don't turn the ball over because we can't turn the ball over and put that offense on a short field, meaning the LSU offense. So it's, it's a darned if you do and darned if you don't mentality of you can't get so conservative and so careful that you're not taking shots down the field. Uh, but by the same token, you just can't willy-nilly put it up 
and and think that that's not going to cause a turnover by a very athletic uh, secondary of LSU. So more pressure on the offense, so they've got to come up with a better game than they did against uh, Portland State. Speaking of Portland State, heading into that game, one of the big storylines was BYU having the opportunity to play a game to sort of work out the kinks, so to speak, before taking on LSU. What did you see in that first game for BYU, and and do you think that that is an advantage, having that first game while LSU hasn't played one yet? Yeah, it depends on which side of the coin I am. If, if I'm the one that opens up with a game, I'm going to tell you that's a huge advantage. If I'm the one that's not, I'm going to say, oh, no, we're fresher and they don't know what they're what we're doing. So that, you know, you're going to play to that trump card. Or you'll do the other and going, oh, boy, I don't know. These guys have played a game. You know, you're going to play the poor me card the way coaches <laughs> do sometimes. Um, either one, I mean, playing the first game ahead of a team, you hope you're able to get some of the kinks out. Maybe some of those penalties don't show up in game two that they did in game one, and you're hoping that LSU, with this being their first game, maybe they're not quite as efficient in that they haven't played a game yet. Uh, by the same token, particularly with a new offensive coordinator, like you said, uh, for LSU, I got to believe the defensive staff of BYU is a little bit, well, we're not absolutely sure what they're going to do. Yeah, we can go back and look at pit film and kind of see what this coordinator did there, but but you're really not sure how it's going to apply to LSU. So you're kind of guessing going in. So it's it's good and bad on both sides. Uh, I think it kind of it balances out at the end of the day. Uh, but BYU's got to hope that getting that first game under their belt, maybe they're a little more efficient. Maybe they're just a little bit more game ready than the Tigers. Brian Billick is on BYU Sports Nation with us from New Orleans, where tonight the Ravens will take on the Saints in the Superdome. And then two days later, BYU LSU. So tell us about uh, a little bit about Bronson Kafusi, DeAndre Wesley, and Rob Daniel, how they're looking. And Bronson Kafusi expected to make the, t- make the team. How about the other two guys? Yeah, Fusi's uh, doing great, you know, and 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 he is one that they're very deep in the defensive line. We talked about this last week, so it's going to be interesting. There's going to be some guys that that I'm sure will be coveted to be traded. Uh, depends on the value they get for it. I don't know that Fusi falls into that category, uh, but because of that depth of that line and with the new cut down rule, they're not going from used to by after the third game you cut down to 75. And then you got to 53. Now everybody's full strength at 90, and we'll go down to 53 after this game, which is going to be interesting, kind of the gamesmanship. I can see the Ravens holding on to basically all the defensive linemen, maybe going light on the uh, the receiver core and wait for teams to flush out some trade rather than teams waiting to say, well, they can't keep all these good defensive linemen. So, you know, we're going to wait for them to cut some. So there'll be some gamesmanship going that way. Uh, Wesley, again, the offensive line has been in transition. I think Wesley has a better chance maybe on developmental squad, uh, which would be great. You don't let offensive linemen get away from you too often. So he should have an uh, opportunity on the uh, developmental squad. They may only keep eight offensive linemen as opposed to nine, uh, simply because they're deep in some areas and, and they want to hold on to that depth at, uh, uh, at, at, uh, on the defensive line. Uh, they're pretty deep in the secondary. So Daniel, it's going to be an uphill battle for him. They've had a young undrafted free agent named uh, Jalen Hill that's been absolutely spectacular. They're set at the safety position, their corner position. Their first-round pick, Marlon Humphrey, has barely played. So we expect to see a lot of him tonight. You know he's going to make the club. The fact that an undrafted free agent like Marlon uh, Hill, or excuse me, Jalen Hill, is playing so well. So the numbers really don't add up that well for Robertson Daniel, but I think uh, they like him, and he could be very much a, a developmental squad candidate. 
One of the other NFL preseason games tonight's Green Bay and the L.A. Rams. Taysom Hill, we think, is probably going to get the second-team reps with Aaron Rodgers not practicing. What do you think of Taysom as an NFL quarterback and his chances in Green Bay? I think I think they're going to like him in Green Bay. I think his athleticism. Remember, what's the strength of Aaron Rodgers among many? I still, notwithstanding Tom Brady, who's just defies all description. I think Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback in football, and his ability outside the pocket to make plays outside the pocket, his athleticism, which was kind of funny because when he came out, he dropped to the twenty fourth pick of the draft because people questioned his athleticism. That's how dumb we were in the <laughs> NFL. <laughs> and it was interesting. Mike McCoy, uh, Mike, um, uh, um, McCarthy. Uh, uh, the, yeah, McCarthy was the offensive coordinator in San Francisco when they decided to take Alex Smith with the first pick. Then he ends up going to Green Bay and falls into Aaron Rodgers. And he says, yeah, that was one of the best things that ever happened to me. <laughs> uh, but the, my point being that Aaron Rodgers is so good and so athletic and so accurate outside the pocket. I think Tyson has some similar attributes that Green Bay and McCarthy can look at and say, you know what, this is a pretty good duplication. Now, he's a long way before coming Aaron Rodgers. Let's don't slam dunk Tyson into the Hall of Fame just yet. But I think he's at the right team doing the right thing. They can see some duplication in a guy that, should he have to go into the game, can carry many of some of those same elements that Aaron Rodgers brings into the game. So I think they're genuinely excited about it. Well, Brian, we appreciate the insight. Uh, good luck on the call tonight with Ravens Saints, and we're excited for BYU-LSU coming up Saturday. Sounds good, guys. Talk to you next week. That's Brian Billick on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Our Twitter question today, who needs to have a bigger game for BYU to beat LSU, the offense or the defense? Let's go to the Twitter. It's Twitter time. At Mr. Underscore Flintstone 94, use the hashtag BYUSN. I want to say offense, but I have to say defense. If you can't score, you can't win. Both need big games, but guys must be stopped. Hey, I agree. He agrees with me, so therefore he's a very smart person. <laughs> therefore he's smart. Nice. <laughs> Coming up, one of the best names in college football, Squally Canada, and what he's worried about more than the BYU versus LSU game. This is BYU Sports Nation. Blue runs deep on BYU TV. Don't miss the UCLA-BYU women's soccer game. Live tomorrow at 9 p.m. Eastern, 7 Mountain. Watch all of your favorite BYU teams on BYU TV. Your home for Cougar sports. Welcome back. Jerem Jordan and Jason Shepard in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio and BYU TV. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere. Women's soccer hosting number one UCLA Friday night. Number one? Number one is in town. It will be at Southfield. You can watch on BYU TV, 9 p.m. Eastern time. You can listen on BYU Radio. Pre-game will start at 8.30 Eastern time. With this guy. Yeah, that's right. Jason Shepard, play-by-play man. Yeah, Greg is uh, going to be uh, with the football team, so I will be doing the soccer on radio. Very nice. Let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. BYU football practices again today. Final preparations before they leave tomorrow for LSU. Countdown to kickoff live Saturday night at 8.30 Eastern on BYU TV. In the NFL, final preseason action for each NFL team takes place tonight before the rosters are trimmed down to 53 spots. Ravens, Saints tonight also. Green Bay, a couple Cougars on that team taking on the L.A. Rams. 
Tenth-ranked BYU women's volleyball plays at Boise State in the Boise State Classic starting tonight, 9.30 Eastern time. First road trip of the year for the Cougs, 3-0 on the season. And Jacob Hanneman goes 2-4 for four with a home run, 3 RBI and a stolen base, and a loss to the Memphis Redbirds. Hanneman currently on a 12-game hitting streak. Noise. With the loss of Jamal Williams in the BYU backfield, the Cougars have looked to find a suitable replacement. After game one... The guy, junior running back Squally Canada, had the most carries with 16 and yards with 98 and a touchdown. Here's our two-on-one conversation with Squally Canada after practice yesterday. Squally BYU football headed to New Orleans now, which was never in the initial travel plans. Uh, What do you think about uh, the opportunity of BYU playing in the Superdome, one of those historic venues? Uh, You know, I hope Lil Wayne's there. You know, he's one of my favorite rap artists. So, um... Big ups to uh, Lil Wayne. Shout out to the <laughs> N.O. You know, so if he's there, I'm going to definitely try to get me a tug and then throw up the deuces of Lil Wayne. But, nah, yeah, I'm excited, man. I've never been to New Orleans. Um, I, I know some people from New Orleans, but I'm hopefully we go down early so I can go, go try out some southern food, get some gumbo. I'm saying give me some, uh, what's, what's the other one? The, jambalaya? Jambalaya. Yeah. I ain't had jambalaya in so mm. long. My pops makes it, but, yeah, trying to get some of that. But I'm excited, ready for the game. What's this week been like as you're preparing for a, a tremendous opponent, great opportunity, and then it gets moved to a different state? Um, it is what it is. You know, we just got to line up and play. At the end of the day, no matter where we got to go, no matter who we got to play, we got to come and play football 11-on-11, mano-on-mano, and try to get this W. What did you learn from the Portland State game that will help you against LSU? Uh, pad level and patience. Uh, I noticed that the the runs where I had lower power level, dudes were just bouncing off of me, and I had to do much. To, I just get low, run between, run underneath my pads, and pick up some extra yards. You know, try to try to make the first guy miss. If I can't make a miss, then try to put him on his butt cheeks <laughs> and uh, pick up some more yards. Against Portland State, I know you guys wanted some more points. There were some penalties, and whatnot. So, what's the conversation been like this week as you try and improve going into LSU? Um, minimize the mistakes. Um, you know, the first two opening drives, we had drive killers. Um, I'm not going to point point the finger or whatever, but as, a, as an offensive unit, we could do better. And we just got to minimize just the mistakes, the penalties, make sure we, as ball carriers, make sure we break extra tackles and pick up blocks. And then if we, if we do those things, we're going to be in great shape. If there were one play that you could have back in the Portland State game. Oh, you already know. What would it be? <laughs> if I could have two plays, it would be that toss. I probably should have just kept it going and then hit the little hurdle on him. You know, I, I, I'm ready to jump over somebody. I should have let him come in closer, let him dive at the little kneecaps, hurdling, and the high step and did a little LT <laughs> touchdown. And then there was, <laughs> there, was a little, there, was another, there was another play. It was my last carry of the game. I'm like, oh, this is house. I get the ball. I jump inside, then jump back outside, and the dude just made a great play. He came off the block and just grabbed one leg and held on for dear life. And I was like, man, if I could have just broke that tackle, I would be like 110 yards, two touchdowns. I look real pretty on my stat sheet. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, it's all good. We got the W. It's not about me. But this week we got to go out and try to get the W again and, you know, make sure everybody has fun. But it was about you in the post game. Let me explain why. So before the game on countdown to kickoff, the guys pick a player that's going to be what we call the Y factor, right. and you were the Y factor. So congratulations wow. on the week one win. First Y factor, huh? The first Y factor. Wow, that's a uh, that's impressive. I've never actually been a Y factor. I don't know how I should feel. Um, 
It feels great, man. I, I appreciate appreciate you guys giving me the Y factor, you know. I thought Tanner was going to get it, you know. But I guess not, you know. I, I, thank you, guys. Thank you. <laughs> you were, thank Brian Logan. Yeah, thank Brian Logan picked you, yeah. Um, you were close to 100 yards as well, and they actually gave you another carry for four yards that they had missed. You almost got to 100. Does that mean something to you to get over 100? You know, I kind of felt like Melvin Gordon, you know. Um, I think it was his rookie – was it last year where he ran for 997 yards? And it was like, oh, my goodness, three yards away from 1,000. I'm just like, Boise State, I get 88 yards, but I had two calls, two two long runs called back. And then this game, I'm two yards away from 100. I'm like, this 100 is just killing me. <laughs> but I, I know once I get to 100, it's just going to be from there. It's just going to be it's gonna be a piece of cake. Once I get 100 one time, I feel like I can do it every time. That's just how I feel. But hopefully I go out there and get 100 yards this game. Depends on how the rotation goes. But I'm going to make the best of every carry I could get. Like Jamal said, if you get five yards, I mean, five runs, 20 yards a carry, that's 100 yards right there. So <laughs> Simple math. Some simple math. You know, if I, if I get in there and just channel my inner Jamal, you know. It's just, that simple, right? Just that simple. Five carries, 20 yards Call piece. him up just like, hey, Jamal, um, I need some of this uh, Jamal juice, whatever you got. <laughs> you know, just some talk to me. Let me know what I need to do. Like NBA Jam, they send the juice. <laughs> I'm like, all right, man, five carries, 20 yards, and then just take me out. I got what I needed. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just playing. Uh, we're going to have to get this W. LSU lost six guys from their defense alone to the NFL draft, but it's LSU. I mean, they reload year in and year out. What kind of challenge do you anticipate from a team of that caliber on Saturday? Uh, the guys that came in are just going to have to step up. I mean, it's just like for us. We lost Taysom and Jamal. Now we got to step up on offense. So I'm pretty sure there's there's guys like in my shoes who are feeling hungry and feel like they can step up and make big plays and do something for the team. So I'm not going to underestimate those guys just because they're not it's their first time playing or they're new to the field. They haven't been in the lights. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to treat them just like they were veterans. I'm going to show them utmost respect, but I'm also going to go out there and play my best and to show those guys I can play with them. What did you think of Kavika Fonua's uh, you know, seven to nine yards per carry performance against Portland State? Uh, it was really cool to see him get out there and get comfortable. Uh, he definitely surprised me. He definitely got out there, broke some tackles, made some plays, and he looked really good. And I kind of felt like it was um, like how I came in for Jamal some plays against Michigan State and Toledo and had like, what, eight carries, 50 yards and whatnot. I'm like, that, f- that feels good to know that your yards per carry is really high. And then you start and then it just like goes down. But no. <laughs> <laughs> No, nah, but uh, it's really good. I'm glad Kavika's in the groove, and it's nice to have a one-two punch. Hopefully we keep this going all year. We talked to Kean Norman of the offensive line, and he said, look, the goal is to give Tanner Mangum up to four seconds to throw the ball. Four seconds feels like an eternity for a quarterback to throw a ball. How much do the running backs factor into that four-second cushion that Tanner Mangum is trying to get every play? Uh, it all depends on, a, on a, the pass protection call, you know. I'm not going to put our business out there and give the calls away. But if they make a certain call and our guy doesn't come, we ain't got nothing to do with that. You know, we out on our route on the little check swing. So that's really that's really up. That's all them. They could take. I'm going to give them all the all the glory in that. You know, the linemen don't get too much glory. So for for them to get 10 or 4 seconds, 5 seconds, we take it, we'll take a little bit of that depending if there's an extra blitz. You know, linebacker come off the edge, corner comes off the edge. Yeah, we'll take that. But if it's just basically, you know, four-man, five-man come, 
and then that's that's them. It that's seemed like Jamal liked to pass block. Like oh, yeah. He loved the contact. He loved it. How do you feel about it? I love it. I want to cut, but, you know, last year against Boise State, I cut, they threw a flag. I'm like, <laughs> oh, I can't cut anymore, I guess. <laughs> so, so I love cutting people. I, I don't like I, – I like it, but – Last year it was just kind of I felt smaller, so everybody was trying to bully me. But this year I put on like 15 pounds. I'm at 207 right now. So I'm I'm up in there. I'm trying to bully the linebackers. They didn't Portland State didn't blitz. I was just kind of hurt by that. Like, yeah, you guys not even gonna give us a chance to block you guys. <laughs> so I was kind of hurt by that. But uh, I know LSU. They may try some blitzes. I don't I don't I don't know how their scheme's gonna be this year. But just from watching film, they don't blitz too often. They just you know they're pretty sound defense. Everybody does their job. But if they do bring the blitz, I'm going to definitely try to test my strength against some of these big SDC guys. So I'm excited for it. Is this a game where you may have to be really effective between the tackles, a couple tight ends, a couple running backs, just to get the time you need to do what you need to do? Maybe? Yeah, uh, I think so. And I feel like I, I'm i good in between the tackles. Um, as far as running outside, I'm not, I'm not too fond of that because then your pads are turned away and then people get a nice, clear shot on you, whereas when I'm going in between the tackles and my shoulders are low and I'm running behind my pads, it's harder to tackle me. And I think that's what we need to do to establish that we're not going to be pushed around. And I feel like the, the run game is going to definitely open it up for our receivers and tight ends. So if we're able to get in there and be fluid and smooth in between the tackles, this game is going to be an interesting game. I'm sure you have envisioned in your mind – running into the Superdome with the lights on Saturday night, LSU on the other sideline. What's that like in your mind right now? I haven't yet, actually. I'm trying to get through the – you know I hate flying. You know, I know do that. know that. Yes, that's right. And you know, you know there's a hurricane going on over there. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just like, man, what's this plane ride going to be like? <laughs> <laughs> that's real fun. life. Yeah. It's real how life. You, how are you going to stay chill? <laughs> this, is, this is real. You know, Jamal's going, ain't nobody going to tell me that, you know, don't, there'll be no punk, you know. So now I'm just, I'm stuck, man. Like, I'm finna be on this plane. I'm trying to drive with the equipment people. <laughs> like, yo, let me get on this truck with y'all. But I'm, just, I'm trying to think of something, something. But probably try to take some NyQuil, but that don't even help. I'll be on a plane even more awake. So now I'm just like. My goal is to just make it through the plane ride, and then after I get off the plane ride, I can envision my envision myself okay, running then, through the super. Got to get through the plane. That'll ride. That'll be Friday. So prayers for Squally Canada on the plane <laughs> ride this at, Friday after Houston. You yeah. know, pray for me, pray for Houston. Yes, yeah. Yeah. not in that order, but yeah. <laughs> get the hashtag going. Pray for Houston. Pray for Squally. You know, that's how we're gonna get that. Very good, Squally. It's great to talk to you. Always enjoyable, man. All right, thank y'all for uh, letting me come on and talk to y'all. Appreciate Why it. Why factor? <laughs> That's Squally Canada, the Y Factor winner. And a guy who, he's serious. He has a little anxiety on planes, so he's not even thinking about the game as much as he's thinking about that airplane. Hey, ride. that stuff's real, okay? No, real. That is real. Yeah, I'm not going to undervalue Look, the, uh, I love to fly, no. but I'm uneasy on a plane. Yeah. I, lo- I, I love to fly, but it's not like the and, most comfortable thing. And when there are snakes on the plane? When there are snakes on the plane? Oh, my goodness. You got to be careful. How many times do you think Samuel L. Jackson gets asked about every snakes time? Every time he's on a plane, he's got to be asked, right? Stinking time. Just saying. Yeah. Our Twitter question: Who needs to have a bigger game for BYU to beat LSU, the offense or the defense? At J.R. Verhoff, offense specifically the line and receivers creating space. At Y Fangirl, offense. As long as the defense can stop Geis, we should be fine. Offense needs to put up points. LSU doesn't like to allow points. Uh, not even nope. that. They just don't allow. Yeah, Nobody exactly. likes to We allow will points. tell you coming up in the next segment what we think. Is it offense or defense? 
Who has to win the game for BYU? Plus your tweets coming up next. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Jeremy and Jason live from Studio B with your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Watch our daily rebroadcast weeknights on BYU TV at 6 Eastern time. If you missed this week's BYU football with Kalani Satake, you can check out the rebroadcast immediately following BYU Sports Nation, 1 p.m. Eastern time. That's right. About 10 minutes away. Our Twitter question, who needs to have a bigger game for BYU to beat LSU, the offense or the defense? What say ye, Jason Shepard? You know, we've had a lot, a lot of people going offense, but I, I do think it's the defense. It, Why? I think it's the defense because you know, as well as I do, that LSU's number one goal is to get Darius Geis going, let him overpower the opposition. The defense has got to keep Geis. And that, it's, it's, not, it's easier said than done, certainly. Uh, yeah. But they have got, BYU's defense, in my opinion, has got to keep this thing close for the offense. So I think it starts with the defense so that then the offense can come in and do their thing. It starts with the defense, in my opinion. I agree with you, but I think the offense is going to have to win it. I think the defense will put you in a position to be able to win it through the offense. If BYU can score enough points in this game and the defense does their job, now we're in business. Think 0-9 Oklahoma. The final score is 14-13. That amazing offense from BYU with Max Hall and Dennis Pitta and company put up 14 points. Sometimes you got to have great defense and enough offense. That's what I see in this game. There's not a right answer to this, but there are different answers. There is a right sure. answer, and it's the defense. <laughs> <laughs> it is the special teams with a game-winning field goal. What? Hey, how about that? What? Let's get a few more tweets in. Let's go to Twitter. Tweet, tweet. At Laser Sheep, I wanted to say offense, but in the end, defense wins games. If I'm wrong, then I've been coached wrong my entire life. Now, the phrase is, defense wins championships. Is that Pat Riley? I think that defense, I don't know. It wasn't. It was Pat Riley. I'll slick my hair back a little more, and then I'll say that next time. I think the defense puts you in a position to win a game, but I don't think it wins you a game. I think it, unless the defense scores. Uh, Does BYU need the defense to score in this game to win? Uh, it, it would, would help. certainly help. It would certainly help. There's no question about that. At Kugbaka, the offense needs to offend LSU. There you go. I get it. Geis will get his numbers. We need to get ours. Yes. Quarterback, team, what team? Yeah, everyone needs to get theirs with the team. Coming up, more of your tweets, but Taysom Hill's shot to make the Packers roster in the balance tonight? Maybe? And what former Cougars are setting the stage in the Superdome tonight? We'll tell you coming up in the Cougar Whip Round. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Thanks to our guest today, Brian Billick and Squally Canada. If you missed any of today's show, download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Tomorrow's guests include Dennis Pitta. You're getting nervous, aren't you? I ain't nervous. You're nervous. And our two-on-one with senior starting offensive lineman Keon Norman. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whiparound Football. BYU football practicing again today for the next uh, few minutes or so in preparation for LSU. The Cougars will fly out to New Orleans tomorrow. Countdown to kickoff live Saturday, 8.30 Eastern time on BYU TV. Cougars in the NFL. Final preseason action for each NFL team takes place this weekend starting tonight before rosters are trimmed down to 53 men. Volleyball. 
Number 10 women's volleyball plays in the Boise State Classic tonight. They will take on the host Boise State team at 9.30 Eastern time. Cougars in the minors. Jacob Hanneman goes 2-4 for four with a home run, 3 RBIs, and a stolen base, and a 5-4 loss to the Memphis Redbirds. Hanneman has a 12-game hit streak. Also, Brendan Lund got a hit and an 8-4 loss to the Montgomery Biscuits. That's your third favorite minor league team. Mm, makes me and, hungry. And Colton Shaver. Man, now I'm thinking about that. Need me some uh, honey butter. Colton Shaver goes 1-4 for and a 7-1 loss to the Hudson Valley Renegades. Golf. Oh, I was going to. Oh, it should be. Yeah, it is. Cougars in the PGA. Yeah. Daniel Summerhays and Zach Blair are playing in the Nationwide Children's Hospital <gasps> Championship on the Web.com Tour. Daniel Summerhays finished the first round three over. He's tied for 56th. Zach Blair tees off at 1.03 p.m. Eastern Time. Why are there turkeys on the course? I've never no, understood that. Get those out of there. Today's rise and shout. That, they got a real issue. Brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most. DexterLaw.com. It goes to our guy Kent Linton, father of Spencer, who is today's True Blue hero. At BYU football, they're ending practice right now. The team is gathering around with him and sharing in a, a special moment with uh, each week someone who has a serious challenge. And today it's our guy, Spencer's dad, Kent. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool for the Linton family. Very happy for them. Absolutely. Our Twitter question, who needs to have a bigger game for BYU to beat LSU, the offense or the defense? Our elite tweet of the day, at YFangirl underscore JB. Offense! As long as the defense can stop guys, we should be fine. Offense needs to put up points. LSU doesn't like to allow points. I'll say it again. Nobody likes to allow points. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Don't forget, show always on demand, BYUSN.com. Nice grab. For Jason, I'm Jerem. Shout out to Judd Anderton. BYU Sports Nation back at it tomorrow at noon Eastern time. Also, if you miss BYU football, it's Kalani Sitake. It's coming up next, 1 Eastern time on BYU TV.